Happy Easter! It is the second Sunday of Easter and it is good for us to gather together as the Erie United Methodist Church and worship together. I am Pastor Katie. Will you pray with me? Your Easter people gather to praise you, amazing God. Continue to make your ways known to us. Fill us with your presence. We cannot live apart from you. Your counsel and instruction are with us day and night. We have only to open ourselves to your direction. Inspire in us fullness of joy, we pray, as we respond in faith to your direction. Inspire in us fullness of joy, we pray, as we respond in faith to the risen Christ and embrace the tasks you set before us. Build up our sense of community that we may truly care for one another through all life's trials. Amen. Our gospel lesson for today comes from the Gospel of John. We continue where we left off last Sunday as we continue to tell the Easter story. It's the 20th chapter, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After, this, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you, receive, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side. I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be precious in your hearing this day. Amen. So one of the many emails that I got on Monday morning this week was from a bookstore. The subject line read, explore new adventures without leaving the house. Of course, they were simply trying to sell a few more books during what, in church circles at least, has come to be called Coronatide. But what it got me to thinking about was those disciples that we read about this morning locked up in a room together for fear of what was outside of them. 
they too were not leaving their house. They were afraid of the repercussions of Jesus's body no longer being in the tomb. The government officials would likely have something to say about that. The religious leadership who had mistrusted and misunderstood Jesus his whole life were probably going to have something to say about his body not being in the tomb. And so the disciples gathered together and they locked themselves away for fear of what was happening outside of them. Does any of this sound familiar to anyone else? I don't know about you, but when I read scripture, I usually try to find my place in the story, asking, where would I be? Where in the story would I find myself? And I usually try to push myself to be as honest as I can be, which means that there have been some good Fridays when I have been more Peter in denial than women who follow Jesus all the way to the cross. And that's just life. That that's just the way it is. And there's clearly a place for all of us in the story. Peter is still known as a faithful follower of Jesus, just as the women who stayed with Jesus all of the way to the cross are. So today, I'm pretty sure I'm with these disciples in a locked room for fear of what is outside of me. Only for us, today it's germs. I don't think that those disciples would have had any interest in having an adventure that took them beyond the walls of their safe enclosure, even if they thought a book could take them there. They didn't need any more adventure. In fact, they were probably looking for all of the safety that they could find. They had been through Jesus's death. They had been through the discovery of the empty tomb and not knowing where his body was. And then hearing that he had, in fact, been seen alive by Mary Magdalene. Another adventure just might be a bridge too far for them. They probably aren't interested in what the religious and political leaders might do to them when they discover all of this information. They don't want to know what that response is going to be. I mean, it could be violent. Their lives could be at stake. They don't really want to put that to the test. And yet more adventure comes. Jesus comes to them. Jesus appears to them gathered in that room behind that locked door. He comes to them. He reassures them. He gives them evidence that he is, in fact, who he says he is. And then he commissions them for the next part of their journey. He doesn't let them wallow in their fear. He, in fact, sends them forth to continue to do his work and his will in the world. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, he tells them. As he had a job to do in the world, so do they. They cannot stay in this place behind these locked doors. They must go out to do the work of God on behalf of Jesus Christ. And this is one of those times where our Gospels tell differing stories. For John, in the story we heard today, this is his Pentecost right here on the evening of Easter day. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But for Luke, Pentecost doesn't come until 50 days later in the book of Acts. But for John, it happens the very same day as Easter. 
So the disciples are empowered by Jesus with the Holy Spirit to continue his ministry because he knows that he will be physically absent from them. He commissions them to maintain and even extend the work that he has been doing. So there wasn't to be a lag after his resurrection and ascension. But then we reach the trouble in our text, right? Thomas, Thomas wasn't there. Is someone missing from your shelter in place? Who should be among you but isn't? Who is going to come to your next family gathering and your, your immediate family is going to have an inside joke from this time together and since these other people weren't there, they won't get this joke, they won't laugh. Or, or maybe it's even a shorter time than that. The designated errand runner in your household has gone to the store, and by the time they got home, the rest of the family had devised a plan for how the afternoon should go, and they started building an elaborate obstacle course in the backyard using all sorts of materials from the garage and the shop. This person was only gone a short time, and the garage is almost empty, and the backyard is almost full by the time they get home, and they feel like they've missed out on something monumental just in the time they were at the store. We know what it's like to feel left out, to feel like we've missed out on something. Martin Copenhaver helps us to remember that doubt is not a stranger in John's telling of the resurrection. He writes, it is common to focus on Thomas and his doubts. He is even given the non-scriptural moniker Doubting Thomas, as if he is the designated doubter. So it can be helpful to be reminded that Mary Magdalene saw the empty tomb, but she did not believe until the risen Christ appeared and spoke to her directly, personally. Then, when she told the disciples about her encounter, they dismissed her words because they had not seen for themselves and locked themselves in a room to hide. When on Easter evening, Jesus did appear in the dark corner to which they had retreated, he showed them his hands and his side, and it was only then that the disciples rejoiced. So Thomas was not the only one to have doubts when merely hearing about the resurrection appearances. Like other characters in the story, he wanted to see for himself. Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Thomas simply wanted the same experience that the other disciples had had. No more, no less. He just wanted to be a part of what they had experienced. And when he does encounter the risen Lord, scripture never actually tells us whether he does what he says he's going to need, whether he actually touches Jesus, whether he puts his hand in his side, or whether seeing Jesus is enough for him. But what he does next is remarkable. Copenhaver again explains, he writes, what we do know is that Thomas's response to that offer, my Lord and my God, is one of the strongest declarations of faith recorded in all of the New Testament. Perhaps what he got was enough for Thomas just to know that Jesus cared enough to give him what he needed, that Jesus did not despise his doubt. Perhaps that was enough to Thomas to see the risen Christ for who he is and to address him with reverence and awe. 
Thomas moves from a place of doubt, just like many of the other characters we've read about in the last couple of weeks, Mary Magdalene and those other disciples. He moves from that place of doubt to a place of deep belief, just as they had, a place of true trust in Jesus. And he expresses it, he verbalizes it, my Lord and my God. He moves from that locked room he was in inside of himself to a place where he could rejoice in who Jesus is and how much Jesus loved him. As we experience our own version of feel our own version of feeling locked away in a room, as we experience doubt about what is happening in our world around us, as we experience all these things that these first disciples knew, we can also trust that the Jesus who crossed through locked doors isn't afraid to enter our spaces either. The risen Christ comes to us in our times and in our places of need. We can trust that the risen Christ is in nursing homes and hospitals where visitors are being kept away for both the visitors and the patient's safety. We can trust that the risen Christ is in our homes with us when we are lonely, when we are fed up, when we are frustrated, when we are actually running low on toilet paper because of the rest of the world has hoarded it beyond belief. When we have discovered that our regular pants don't fit anymore. When we're scared to come home from the regular job we keep working because we don't know who we saw who might have had the virus and we don't want our family to get sick. When we leave the house each day to go to that job with courage so that the basics of our daily lives can still happen. Whatever it is that we are facing in this, the risen Christ crosses our thresholds and stands with us, offering us his very body so that we too might move from doubt to faith, so that we too might say, my Lord and my God. Amen. We do continue to be a praying people because in this time especially, we need that. But we also know we do continue to sin, and we do need to take our, our sins to God and confess those sins to the one who can help us. Will you join me in our prayer of confession? Forgive us, God, for seeking to limit your truth to what we can understand. Forgive us for chasing after gods of our own making. We are so busy with them that we forget to open ourselves to your larger reality. We reduce the circles of connection and caring that Jesus demonstrated. Goodness is crucified by our narrow prejudices and our doubts plunge us into despair. Take what we offer to you in the silence now as our honest confession. And we finish our prayer together. Be to us a refuge, granting us courage to face the questions that haunt us until they lead to deeper understanding. Amen. God never abandons us, no matter how far we stray. We have a goodly heritage, which is ours to claim. God shows the path of life and offers us fullness of joy. Let our hearts be glad and our tongues rejoice. The living Christ is in our midst. We are granted new birth into a living hope. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, 
you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And we continue in prayer. Mighty God, who crosses thresholds and will not stand for locked doors, we are grateful that you stand with us now and always. You have promised to never leave us nor forsake us, and that promise is something we rely on in every moment of our lives today. Thank you for creating us for relationship, teaching us to love one another, and honoring who we are as individuals created by you in the midst of a situation we can't control. We celebrate that you still are God, no matter our earthly circumstances. We know that there are many who still need your care and attention. Many are ill for reasons beyond the coronavirus that is going around. So we pray for all who are ill, that they would receive your healing. We pray for all who grieve all that they have lost, be it people who have died or jobs they have lost or anything else during this time. We pray that they might feel your comfort. Lord, watch over those who are working during the season. We pray your protection around them. Watch over all of us that we might use this time to reveal our better selves rather than our baser fears. We continue to pray for Pastor Tiffany and her family during this season of transition. We ask that you prepare all their hearts to say goodbye to those they have formed relationships with during these years of ministry and to be ready to say hello and start new here in Erie and Prophetstown. Lord, we pray for the hearts and minds of the congregation as well to prepare to welcome Pastor Tiffany with open arms. All these things we pray in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught all of us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, I do want to remind you to send your offerings to the church at P.O. Box 616 or to use the bill pay function through your online banking system. If you have any questions about that, please feel free to reach out and give me a call. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have with, with regards to that or, or anything else about the church right now as well. And with that, I pray that we would go forth as beloved children of God who trust that Jesus crosses all the thresholds to be with us during this time, to stand with us and bring us comfort and help us to know that, that he is with us during this time, bringing us what we need in these moments as well. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace.